Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationship Psych, the podcast, is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. My partner pulls away when they're under stress and it hurts. Help! Stop pleading with your partner to stay and find a way to regulate and cope. This episode is all about how to deal with a partner that pulls away under pressure. We're going to talk about four strategies that helped a couple named Chris and Monique. So let's learn about them. Standing under the doorframe in their newly built home, Chris told his wife she was being selfish and that he just needed some space. He protested that under stress, she only thinks of her feelings and her need to bridge the gap between them that he always feels like he needs to solve her feelings and that they need to get on the same page. As Chris closed the door behind him, he could smell the freshly painted wall. He didn't want to be leaving, but the emotional world his wife lived in was too much for him sometimes. With the added financial stress and increasing work demands, he just needed a break from the connection to compartmentalize his thoughts and find a logical solution to his problems. As he sat on the driveway, he saw the initials that he and his wife had drawn into the concrete a few weeks prior, just as it began to set. He loved his wife very much, and he knew she loved him too, but how they handled stress was so different. He didn't feel like talking, and when he didn't feel like talking, he didn't feel like she she got it, that he mattered to her. Mattered to her. He felt like his feelings weren't acknowledged and that he was always under attack. At the same time Chris was out on the driveway, Monique stared at the window out at him. Her insides felt crushed as tears ran down her cheeks. She felt invisible and like he didn't want to be on her team. She didn't understand why under pressure he always wanted to be alone. She looked around the living room at the blow-up picture of them on the wall from their wedding day, an elephant structure they got in Thailand on their honeymoon, and their vision board for the future. It was so confusing to her that they could share so much, but then under strain, he would just leave. In this episode, we're going to discuss some overgeneralizations about how men and women typically do conflict and stress. Now, surely this is not the case of all men and women. And among same-sex couples, it may look a little different or it could look the same. Here's the reason it comes this way is that the literature usually comes from heterosexual couples. So if we think of the early origins on how men and women do conflict is they're 
whether it's innate or they're taught things from a different age, we see little things even from how little kids play on the playground. So how do men do conflict or stress? Well, from a young age, they're told and taught not to cry, feelings aren't safe, and to be strong. Basically, vulnerability is weak. They tend to engage in activities with their friends and don't typically talk about emotions. They talk of sports or politics. Now, on the other hand, women are raised differently. Feelings are typically more acceptable, and women also spend a great deal of time talking to their women friends about their emotions and the ins and outs of their inner world. Now, whether it's nature or nurture that causes these differences, the way that men and women deal with conflict, emotion, or stress is often different. It's important to acknowledge the differences, whether it's nature or nurture, and how we deal with difficult emotions. It's not that the other partner is trying to hurt or disrespect the other or invalidate their needs. It's just differences in how we handle emotion. Differences are okay. And so for each unique couple, it's about finding unique solutions that honors both people's needs and dreams. Now, if we think of Chris and Monique, they both wanted to feel seen, respected, and understood. But for Chris to be seen and respected, he needed space. Whereas for Unique to feel seen and respected, she needed connection. What was difficult is Monique had a stronger need for connection and Chris had a stronger desire for what he called freedom. They had to learn to compromise, to handle their differences. Here are four things that helped Monique and Chris. So they had to come to an agreement about leaving and about handling the stress. So they came to agree that Chris could in fact leave and pull away, but he needed to tell her when he was coming back and when he, and when they could reconnect. Now, although Monique was very bothered and was distressed about his leaving and the reconnection, it provided her some reassurance that Chris was going to come back if he said he loved her and about how much space did he need. Now, in his perfect world, Chris would have stayed away longer, but he understood that Chris, Monique needed some of that connection. So he had to learn to communicate he was coming back and he had to learn to endure the distress of not getting 100% of the freedom that he wanted so that he could also demonstrate to Monique that he was on her team. So they both had to endure distress. Monique had to endure the distress of separation and distance. And Chris had to endure the distress of learning to be a little bit more emotionally vulnerable and sit with difficult emotions with her. Now, if you notice, neither of them perfectly got their needs met, but it was a compromise to honor them both. The next thing Monique and Chris had to learn was relaxation. They had to deal with different emotions, and the best way to do that was learning to relax so that when they were in the part that the other one didn't like, they could have more regulation and stay closer most of the time. When Chris was distant, when he pulled away, Monique had to focus on learning to calm down and regulate herself while Chris was gone. Sometimes that meant doing a meditation, other times it meant scrolling through Facebook or Instagram to distract herself and keep her mind off of the fact that she felt abandoned, that she felt sad, that she felt neglected. She had to keep her mind off of ruminating about the fact that he was gone. Now, Chris had to learn to regulate while he was with Monique while they talked. He had to learn to manage some vulnerability and difficult emotions while staying present. This relaxation and regulation was a difficult task for them both. Monique and Chris also did some problem solving around what would make it easier to stay connected under stress. 
Some ideas they came up with was that they could hang out without talking. So if under stress, Chris could say something like, Monique, I really want to spend time with you, but I'm overwhelmed. Can we do something that doesn't require us to talk, like watching a TV show? Or maybe we could engage in back massages or something else that doesn't mean we have to talk, but I still want to be connected. And if he was able to voice those things, they agreed that Monique would do her best to honor the wish so they could have connection, even even if it wasn't her perfect ideal connection. Chris did better when he stayed on a logical level. Now, Despite the fact that Monique often protested it wasn't intimate enough, Chris reminded Monique that she was the closest person in his entire world and that this was the best intimacy he could ever give. So when she understood that to Chris this was intimate, it was easier for her to recognize that they did have quite the emotional intimacy, even though it was a little different than what she wanted. Now, if you want to figure out how to increase even more emotional intimacy with your partner, check out episode seven, how to create emotional intimacy with your partner. One of the other things Chris and Monique did was they had to look at focusing what was right rather than what the other person was doing wrong. So they had to remember that with each partner comes a set of problems. And one of the problems for Monique was that under stress, Chris pulled away. And that was so difficult for her to endure. She felt unloved, unseen. And what she had to remember was that he did love her. He did see her. His pulling away wasn't about her. It was just how he dealt with emotions. And she had to focus on what was good about him. So she chose to focus on the times where they were connected, that he did make her feel loved and that the times he pulled away got, were getting fewer and farther between that. They were trying out all these other strategies so they could be together more. The more she could focus on what Chris was doing right, the more she could also allow him some time and space to move away. Even though it wasn't what she wanted, she was able to see that the more she gave him the space, the more he was able to give her. And so she fueled the relationship by focusing on what he was doing that made her feel connected, loved, and seen. So Monica and Chris's relationship is far from perfect. But each day they work together to create a stronger relationship that honors Monique's needs for connection and Chris's needs for autonomy. One thing they both agree on was their love and commitment to finding something that honors their unique needs and dreams, even if those needs and dreams look different at times. So certainly Monique still doesn't feel good when Chris pulls away. It does cause her upset. With each day that passes, she becomes more confident in her ability to self-regulate and her knowledge that Chris is going to come back. And Chris lets her know he's going to come back by reminding her he's coming back and to express his love and adoration for her before he goes and after he goes. They have learned to compromise and they are learning to figure out how to repair those little wounds that come up from his need to be apart and her need to be together. So hopefully this episode gives you some ideas on how to honor unique needs for autonomy and independence during stress and connection and togetherness during stress in a way that honors the unique needs of each person in the relationship. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.